Hello, and welcome to Weather Permitting, a weather and environmental podcast based in sunny Sarasota, Florida. I'm your host, Carlos Munoz, a reporter with the Sarasota Herald Tribune. Throughout our episodes, we will talk to scientists, citizens, and meteorologists about weather phenomenon in the Sunshine State and the massive coastal environment that we live in. It could be anything from hurricane season to climate change to harmful algae to the marine life that makes Florida so popular for residents and our visitors. Today, we're talking with Jenna Hafling of Rethinking Plastic, a Sarasota-based group that educates people on the dangers of plastic pollution. Hello, Jenna, and could you tell us a little bit about yourself? So I grew up in Sarasota, have always enjoyed the the beaches and the pristine waterways, and um, raised uh, my kids here. And um, a few years ago, joined an activist group and um, put on a, a event educating Sarasota citizens on single-use plastic. And it was really well received, and so we decided to continue. Kat Dillard and I co-founded the group, Rethinking Plastic, and decided to continue educating businesses and individuals and schools and students on single-use plastic and alternatives and the importance of those and um, why we need to continue this fight uh, for our kids for the future. All right, and can you tell me a little bit about that event and how that went, uh, where you put that together? Yeah, so um, we had uh, moat scientists, um, single-use plastic um, folks from Miami Beach, Michael DeFilippi, C.J. Reynolds from USF, and um, we spoke about the effects on the state and uh, wildlife uh, sea turtle hatchlings washed back in Sarasota in 2015 and the microplastics in their intestinal tract. And um, we actually also did a potluck at that event and it had everyone bring their own dishes and utensils. So it was a zero waste event. And so it was really well received. Um, We had a packed house and people were interested. And so we decided to continue uh, educating and it's been about two and a half, almost two and a half years. How is that received with the public? Because I think microplastics and plastic pollution are becoming a little bit more more evident and uh, visible, and I think people talk about them a lot more now. Yeah, so I think um, when you look at our waterways and beaches, I mean, we know we have issues with red tide, but you don't see the plastic um, floating like you do in some news clips from around the world, so we, a lot of people don't think that's really an issue here, but with um, microplastics, we're finding out that it is an issue here. And so uh, most of the people we speak to are already on it. They know it's a problem. They want to know what they can do to make a change in their lives. And um, the ones that aren't aware are shocked to find out um, what's happening locally and very enthusiastic about learning alternatives and making a change in their lives. And, And we... We just remind people that we're just so used to convenience that um, it's okay to bring your own and uh, be responsible for your own footprint. Sure. You know, I recently went out with the school from Sarasota School for the Arts, students from there, and we went out to South Lido Beach and they collected water samples there. And I know I talked to you about this previously, but uh, we took those samples back to a lab and analyzed them. And what they found was uh, little pieces of plastic 
in the water right off the shore of uh, South Lido Beach um, and also in the mangrove areas. And these are uh, plastics that you can, you can see under a microscope and they look colored and uh, kind of like uh, almost like glitter. And, and actually that's what some of that was. I mean, it's, it's things from makeup. It's things from, uh, you know, cosmetic products, uh, plastic bags, and uh, originally maybe big plastic pieces that just broke into uh, smaller parts. But can you tell me a little bit about, um, about that concern and, and what effect it can have on us? Well, sure. Um, and part of those particles are microfibers from all the microfiber um, clothing that um, a lot of us wear. So there's things you can do as far as that goes with your laundry, a laundry bag that contains those fibers or a filter on your washing machine that's a whole nother um so like topic. Lint. yeah um it's Sorry. it's actually it's lint but it's from your washing machine where every time you wash it wash those clothes they break down um and so that goes into the water system because there is no filter on our water systems that um takes that out so that is going um, out into our waterways um the problem with these microplastics is they um a bacteria connects to them and then when fish are eating those things they're, it's not just bad that the plastics are in their intestinal tracts the intestinal tracts of fish but also those bacteria so while maybe the microplastic doesn't go into the flesh of the fish the bacteria may and so it's a double uh, whammy for us uh, eating healthy fish when they're um, actually polluted with these these uh, bacteria you know, talk a little bit about the accountability for each person. I, th I think that uh, we all go to the store, we buy products. I don't know that we all think about, you know, where these are going to end up once we throw them in the trash. Yeah, if you, if you, if you're, I'm in my 50s, so I remember when, you know, ketchup came in a glass container and uh, we recycled our soda bottles and we um, had a more sustainable um, view on what we were using, whether we knew it or not, um, there just wasn't as much plastic and the fossil fuel industry is pushing more plastic because that, that's income for them because plastic is made from fossil fuel. And so, um, but it, it's also recycled glass, recycled plastic. There isn't a market for it because uh, the virgin plastic and glass is being pushed. So we do have to go back to um, buying in bulk to reduce your plastic footprint. There's many items you can um, shop for that you're, you're using your own container. And so we really uh, suggest people look into that and, and find stores in their area where they can um, buy plastic free by buying in bulk. Um, just so many options there. And just going back to rethinking um, convenience, uh, how, how we think about our lives going back to a simpler way of um, maybe less convenience, but an even trade, bringing your own container to uh, a restaurant for your to-go or for your leftovers or bringing your own cup to the coffee shop is huge because coffee cups and lids are not recyclable. So if we all are um, making a dent in this plastic, it doesn't sound like it's a lot, but one of the quotes that I love is, um, it's only one straw said seven million people so yeah it's just one straw straws get a bad rap like oh why are we banning straws but if everyone's doing it that's just one less item going in the landfill or floating in our bays you know i i don't know if people uh kind of know the the background behind that but straws are one of the things that that 
can sort of be regulated in addition to polystyrene and Sarasota County has gone ahead and, and banned uh, some of that. I know they can't completely ban straws, but uh, I believe they did with polystyrene, correct? In, in the city of Sarasota, um, we worked with the city sustainability office and our city commissioners. And um, yes, we have a um, regulation on um, polystyrene uh, on city properties. So it's not the city as a whole, but city properties and city leaseholds. So those sidewalk cafes and such. Um, and uh, they have gone to an ordinance um, uh, straws upon request, which will make a huge difference. And when those restaurants do switch to an alternative straw, they'll actually um, either be breaking even, could possibly save money, because um, they're not giving out a straw to every single person that walks in, or multiple straws to a person, depending on what they're ordering to drink. So it's just, um, it's just bringing an awareness to our, our throwaway society. You know, I, uh, I kind of have an interesting background story. This is about probably 30 years ago when I was a, a kid, but um, I remember we had gone to, we had all wanted to go out to eat, me and my three sisters and my mom, and uh, we had gotten to, I think it was uh, Hardee's. We have Hardee's in Wisconsin. And we ended up uh, pulling up there, and uh, my sister was, was really upset, I remember. And we were trying to figure out, you know, what, was, what she was talking about. And she was upset that uh, they used the styrofoam containers, and she didn't want to go. And uh, my mom just wanted to go grab something, and we were going to, you know, eat. And it was kind of like a, a nice thing to do that she was doing for us kids. And my sister made such a fuss that my mom ended up saying, fine, we'll just go home. And we were all upset about, about that. But, you know, come to think of it, I think she was, uh, she was kind of a... Uh, she was ahead of her you know, time. Ahead of her <laughs> time, yeah. And we ended up uh, leaving upset. But, you know, not long after that, they started, people started flipping over the plastic containers to start reading the numbers on the bottom. And, uh, you know, that's kind of when uh, I got introduced to the recycling thing. And... Uh, I think it's interesting because it, it seems like uh, things haven't changed much from that time. And, you know, today we, we're still looking at those numbers, but they don't necessarily mean recyclable. Um, no, it just you, means the type of plastic that it is. Yeah. Right. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So the, that recycling symbol, I mean, we've kind of been sold a bill of goods about recycling um, because, uh, yeah, that, that number just means what type of, of plastic it is, polystyrene. Um, and so when you see that recycling symbol doesn't mean it's going to be recycled just like if you put it in re your recycling bin doesn't mean it's going to be magically recycled right everybody thinks one two three or yeah i, think I mean one and two are the numbers yeah that mostly get recycled but i mean it has to be clean with the with the change in market they're more um picky about what they're going to accept so um again it goes back to refusing single-use plastic you know, talk about why this is uh, such a big deal. And I know that uh, I think as far as regulations go, there's a lot of preemptions at the state and federal level that make it really difficult to regulate plastics because it's pretty much everywhere now. And if you think about it, if we stop plastics here in Sarasota County, they could still flow in from out of the area. But uh, can you talk a little bit about the difficulties with, uh, with regulations and then also just the effects that it has on our environment and our wildlife? Yeah, so in Florida, we have um, a preemption on plastic bags and polystyrene. So as a municipality, we can't ban plastic bags or polystyrene. Last year, they tried to have a preemption um, 
uh, on plastic straws and it actually went all the way to the governor and luckily um, he did the right thing and vetoed that bill. Um, and so preemption is really, it can be a good thing, but um, it seems like anymore it's a bad thing. And um, we should have um, a say in how our city regulates single-use plastic. Being on the water, um, we have more input maybe than um, a, a landlocked county that doesn't necessarily have the situation with plastic um, in our water and our wildlife, our sea life. So. Um, yeah, preemption's really a problem. We do have um, two bills in the House and Senate um, that just were, um, whatever the terminology is, um, announced uh, for this coming year. And so um, Rethinking Plastic is really excited to um, try to educate the public on showing some support for these bills. And as a state, if we all use our voice to um, give some energy to these two bills. I mean, we've had bills for the past four or five years about preemption on plastic. And so if, if we can all work together and use our voices, we can't ignore what's going on. We can't just turn off the television because politics are bad. We can't turn off the television or be lazy about bringing our own cup or our straw or refusing those bags or having a voice. We need to be speaking out to our lawmakers, to our representatives. We need to be speaking out to our favorite restaurants, to our grocery store managers. We have to use our voice to promote sustainability to move this forward. We have a chance now. We have two great bills. We have people supporting them and let's get busy and, and make this the year that there actually is some change. Can you talk about those bills and uh, also tell me a little bit about Rethinking Plastic because that's a, a Sarasota based group and uh, they're doing a lot with businesses. Yeah so the bills are trying to reverse the preemption. Um, in 2010, 2008-2010 uh, there was um, movement in banning plastic bags and our legislature said let's do a Florida Department of Environmental Protection study to see how bags affect the state. Um, they did an incredible report, 50 pages of facts about why plastic bags are bad for our state. And our legislature never voted on it. So we've had this preemption in existence since then. It should have never happened. That report should have been uh, reviewed and acted upon and we wouldn't be where we are with, with the plastic bags or the polystyrene at this point. Now you guys have a great group here in Sarasota rethinking plastic and they work with some of the area businesses uh, and you talk about the uh, bad five free. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that approach? Sure. When we first um, formed our group rethinking plastic we wanted to make it easy for people to give up the five things that are the easiest, the most impactful, and the things that have easy alternatives, sustainable alternatives. So polystyrene to-go containers, obviously, are polystyrene is like one of the worst, if not the worst, um, for the environment. Um, cups, lids, straws, uh, water bottles, soda bottles, plastic bottles, um, grocery bags, and plastic utensils. So those items, each one of us can um, have an impact on our plastic footprint by bringing our own. Um, many restaurants um, around the world are doing uh, uh, educating their customers about bringing their own containers. Many uh, Sarasota restaurants as well. You'll either get a discount for bringing your own or um, uh, they're just really happy to, um, to help us out and do it for the environment. Um, 
So we go in and talk to restaurants about the bad five and try to get them on board. So many restaurants are already doing it. If they're not doing all five of the bad five, they're doing a certain number. So we sign them up. We share their information on our social media and on our website that they are rethinking plastic and um, promote them and promote the goodwill um, that they are showing our city. Now, you said that Sarasota Group's uh, um, businesses have received this pretty well. Yeah, they have. There are so many restaurants. They want they want to know what are the um, sustainable alternatives to the plastic that they give out. And um, we've had a problem. There are some great companies um, that are making sustainable alternatives. There is a lot of greenwashing with um, compostables um, and biodegradables. And so we try to educate them. We're hoping that the... Um, the the alternatives catch up to what restaurants are looking for you know uh starbucks keeps saying they're looking for a new coffee cup well it hasn't happened yet so um that would be a huge uh help in in alternatives but um there's a lot of companies locally that are finding these um alternatives and it's exciting to see and it's happening more and more and the more we talk to these restaurants each of us individually to say hey we don't want any more polystyrene let's let's find an alternative or bringing your own uh, to-go container or um, there's lots of lots of things we can do you know I, I see a lot more people with the uh, stainless steel straws and bringing their own bags to shopping centers uh, actually was at Goodwill this this weekend I like I like going through all their stuff <laughs> um, and they had they were selling stainless steel straws there. I mean, for uh, not very expensive, you know, with their own little cleaners and things like that. Sure. Um, you know, and there's there's small things that we can do. And I I had uh, talked to you a little bit about plastic bags, and uh, you know, I've like the worst collection of plastic bags from stores all over the place. If I put them up, you get to see all the unique bags that we get. Right, right, but right. Those bags, they just give them out to you for, they put two or three items in each bag and then they hand them to you. Yeah, you just have to say no and bring your own. I mean, I have a backpack. I have like three or four of those bags that all stuff into a little tiny pocket of one. And um, I have like a pencil case um, that Kat and I both carry. She had the idea, um, pencil case, it has um, uh, either bamboo or stainless steel flatware, straw, a napkin, so that you're kind of always prepared. And now I have a, a larger straw for milkshakes and so I, I've you know grown my little bag of, of uh, items and a, a collapsible container for to-go or leftovers at a restaurant or you can always always ask for a piece of aluminum foil I haven't had a restaurant yet say they didn't have aluminum foil to wrap up your to-go so I'm like um, hashtag bring back the aluminum swan from uh, back in the 50s when you would get takeout they didn't have takeout they'd wrap it in foil and make it in the shape of a swan so um, there's lots of things we can do um, from, you know, your plastic deodorant container. They, there's alternatives for that. There's the straws, the, the to-go cups, the, the bags, so many different things. Shampoo bars. We have a local woman at the farmer's market who's making a shampoo bar. So you can really cut out a lot of your single-use plastic or plastic in general by just thinking outside the box and finding those alternatives. There's a big movement, and we can do this. All right. And, you know, um, I guess, uh, can you talk a little bit just about the, uh, the use of plastics in the, in the city? And also, I know I would uh, talked a little bit about this, but hurricane preparedness, when people are getting ready for, for storms, especially here in Florida, um, just alternatives to, uh, to using plastic bottles. Yeah, so um, 
At my house, we have collapsible, they are plastic, but they're reusable, and we've had them for over five years. They're collapsible water jugs, and when it comes time and there's a hurricane out in the Atlantic, we pop those open and um, fill them with filtered water, and we've got them. Uh, so we, I haven't bought a single-use plastic water bottle in years. And there's, there's, I, I think there are emergency situations where this, they would be necessary, but for most of us, we we can use alternatives, and it's totally doable. We oh. just have to we have to stop thinking convenience, and we have to stop thinking um, the easiest way. Sometimes there may be an extra step, but it's so worthwhile. You know, I know that uh, it's difficult for people. It's kind of a, in a fast, faster moving uh, world. Uh, people are, are grabbing the most simple thing that they can get, but it only takes you know a few minutes to look at something to make sure that it's uh, it's going to be uh, more sustainable. Yeah, I tell people that they don't leave how their house without their keys or their wallet. So you know, grab your grab your um, to your coffee cup, your reusable coffee cup, um, empty when you go to Starbucks. I mean, just if you get in the mindset, and then just have a, like a container in your car that has your bags, your your reusable. Um, to-go containers or an extra, even a jar just for, you know, if you need an iced tea or something. There's so many different ways. And people love when they see your reusable coffee cup or whatever. And then the other thing we do is when we go out to dinner, and I know that it's a place that has plastic cups, I just throw all the um, Tervis tumblers in my bag. And when I get to the restaurant, I just put them out, and, I, and that's what we use. And my daughter gets a little embarrassed about it, but you know what? We're not using any single-use plastic, and it makes me feel better. Yeah, I think eventually that'll become more popular, too. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> I, I, everyone everyone yeah. likes the idea, and, and so I haven't had any negative feedback. Sure. Um, now, are you, are you working with the the group that's holding the, the meeting at Fogartyville in Sarasota? I think it's uh, November 26th. Yeah, that's us. And we're working with um, Student Environment, Sarasota Environmental Alliance. It's students from across Sarasota County, high school students primarily. And um, we've been working with them and with the um, Sarasota School District on getting recycling back in the high schools or in the schools uh, in the county. Yes, I, I did. So, I yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they, they, uh, they ran into some problems with recycling and kind of shut it down. I don't know, in the past year or two. And so we've been working with them to um, get some PSAs and some education to students, teachers, and parents at the schools on what's recyclable, how they're going to recycle it, try to get a system with facilities so that um, it's not completely student-led, but there is some student involvement in the recycling and get custodians on board. So there's a whole education in the next year coming up and um, really working on getting that um, going because education of our students and children at a young age with recycling is the most important thing we can do right now is to have their mindset um, that recycling and not not using single-use plastic is very powerful in what their future is going to look like all right a lot of student a lot of teachers are actually adding uh, reusable water bottles to their supply lists, which is brilliant because then those plastic bottles aren't necessary anymore. Those are great alternatives. Yeah. Um, and can you tell me a little bit just uh, what is your passion for this and uh, why is this so important to you? Well, you're going to make me cry. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> I have kids and I have grandkids and um, it's their future. It's it's what we're, our, what we're leaving them. I mean, um, if you grew up in Sarasota, so many people complain about development and growth. 
Um, some things um, are inevitable and some things are not. And our use of single-use plastic and what we're doing to our sea life and, and our waterways, that's preventable. We don't have to, we don't have, we, we need to fight back against um, consumerism and uh, the fossil fuel industry and how, whatever we need to do to, um, to leave a better legacy for our kids. And I think that's a perfect way to end this episode of Weather Permitting with Jenna Hafling of Rethinking Plastic. You can follow them online at rethinkingplastic.org or on Facebook at Rethinking Plastic. And follow us at Weather Permitting at uh, Weather Permitting Podcast on Facebook. It's a group where uh, you can participate in discussion on environmental and weather issues. I'm your host, Carlos Munoz, and have a wonderful day.